Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from otrgold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This is the story. Stories of people, of nations, of the world, of yesterday and today, and the meaning they hold for tomorrow. Tonight, we bring you the dramatic story of war veteran Arthur Mason's homecoming and the problems he met in civilian life. But first, here is Dr. Robert Goldenson, director of the series and member of the Department of Psychology and Philosophy of Hunter College, with a word about our guest for this evening, Dr. Goldenson. This evening, we have with us in our studio Dr. Ernest Osborne, child psychologist and professor of education at Teachers College. He will discuss the family problems that confronted Arthur Mason when he came home. Jimmy, Claire, I'm home. Mom, is that you, Mother? Come here, you two. I'll see you both in the living room. Hiya, Mom. What's up? Hello, Mother. Family council? That's right. Sit down. Children, we had a telegram today. We did? Who from, Mom? Your father. He's coming home tonight. Oh, boy, hooray! Whoopee, my father's coming home. Oh, that's wonderful, Mother. But so soon. How can we ever get everything done? We'll talk about that when your brother gets down off his jeep. Jimmy, Jimmy, pick up those dead Germans and come back here. Okay, Mom. Come on, you guys. Get going, get going. Make one false move and I'll drill you. What's up, Mom? Well, son, I'm afraid we're going to have to dispossess you. What's dispossess me? Oh, Mother, you mean I can have my own room back? What? Where am I going to sleep? Where am I going to put my things? You'll have to sleep on the living room couch for a while, and you can put your tools in the hall closet with your planes. Put my planes in the closet? Who ever heard of planes? Okay, okay, for Pete's sake. What do you have to pick this time to come home? Jimmy Mason. Huh? Oh, I'm sorry, Mom. I... Oh, I didn't mean that. Well, I should hope you didn't, young man. Well, that's settled then. Your father and I in one room, Claire in the other, and Jimmy on the couch. For a little while. Mm, gee, I hope so. Hey, we'll have to get ready. That train is Dad coming on, Mom. The 8.23. I'm afraid that's too late for you two. Too late for me? If she goes, I want to go. Neither of you will go. But, Mother, I'm old enough to stay up that late. If she goes, I go. I said neither of you will go. Claire, I want you to take care of Jimmy while I'm gone. Take care of him? <laughs> Somebody will need to take care of me. Mother, do you know what Jimmy did this afternoon? I he... don't know, and I don't want to know. Claire, you know what I said about tattling. Well, he's... He's incorrigible. I am not. I am not. I think you mean incorrigible, dear, but he's nothing of the kind. He's just... Well, just a born imp. 
Wait till your father comes home, my son. He'll know how to deal with you. What'll he do? Never you mind. Uh, Claire, I want you to give your brother his dinner, then both of you go to bed. Remember what I said, Claire? Dinner, and then to bed. Yes, Mother. If you don't go, I won't go. Listen, you little, you little imp. It's quarter of nine now, and if you're not in bed, no. Nope. I... Mom said you and me both. Jimmy, if you don't go upstairs this minute, I'll, I'll. Oh, Jane, it's exactly that picture. Oh that my goodness, about. here they are now. Now you'll get it, Jimmy Mason. Well. You. Well, don't just stand there. Why aren't you two in bed? Mother, I couldn't. We couldn't go to sleep. Isn't that right, Claire? Claire? Is this my Claire, all grown up? Say, you're practically a woman. Well, aren't you going to kiss your broken down old father? Oh, Father, it's so good to have you home. Father, what's the matter? Ooh, where did you learn to kiss like that? Some technique. That's the way Humphrey does it. Humphrey? Who's Humphrey? Now, don't tell me you've got a boyfriend. Oh, Father, of course not. Humphrey is Humphrey Bogart. You know, the movie actor. A movie actor? You mean you let my little girl go to romantic movies? Jane. Well, I don't see any Hey, harm. how about me? Jimmy. How are you, son? Here, let me... Hey, don't do that. Pull me down. Let me down. I said that... Okay, okay. <sighs> you think I am a baby kissing me? Art, I'm afraid you've gotten off on the wrong foot. Me? Me? Fine, fine. I come home and get kissed so hard my teeth rattle. Then my son tries to kick my ribs in and I get off on the wrong foot. My, what a reception. What a reception. Well, Dr. Osborne, as a psychologist, I'd like to hear your opinion of those scenes in the Mason family. The reception Arthur Mason got from Jimmy must have been quite a blow to him, don't you think? Yes, Dr. Goldenson, that sort of thing is hard to take. Mason had naturally focused all his thoughts and feelings on the reunion with his family. Probably never occurred to him that it could be so far short of perfect. That was undoubtedly the reason he was so upset at the way Jimmy spoke to him. Would you explain that a little further, Dr. Osborne? I mean that almost any soldier, and particularly one who's been in the service as long as Mason, is likely to build up an ideal picture of his family. The imperfections and the irritations of everyday home life are forgotten, and the satisfactions are exaggerated. Nor is it apt to occur to him that his children have grown older and that his wife even may have changed. Yes, there, there certainly must have been changes in Jimmy and Claire. But in what way do you think Mrs. Mason may have changed? I don't know what she was like before her husband left, but she seemed a little strict in the situation we just heard. Perhaps that was due to the fact that the entire responsibility for the children was left on her shoulders. Mm -hmm. I wonder whether you think she should have allowed them to go to the station with her. By all means, even though it was late at night, they shouldn't have been denied the excitement and thrill of seeing their father's arrival. Sometimes we parents are a little too rigid about our children's routines. Yes, I suppose if they had been allowed to go to the station, things might have been more pleasant when Mason and his children met. Quite possibly. The children were obviously disappointed, and Jimmy, at least, was all set to give vent to his feelings. You know, I was interested, too, in another method that Mrs. Mason used. What was that, Doctor? 
I mean, uh, when she said that Jimmy's father would know how to deal with him if he didn't behave. That type of threat is hardly a good idea at any time, and certainly it isn't a very good way to build up a returning dad. <laughs> but isn't it a rather common kind of discipline? I'm afraid it is. Uh, of course, a mother does occasionally reach the end of her rope in controlling her children. You might sometimes mention what their father would think and say about their behavior without making a bogeyman out of him. And in this case, uh, Mrs. Mason would better have suggested that Dad could help the family work things out than to use him as a kind of a threat. Yes, that would have made Jimmy eager to have his father home instead of resenting it. Jimmy surely did seem to resent his dad's return, didn't he? <laughs> but I think there was a deeper reason than the threat of punishment behind it. While his father was away, Jimmy was the only man in the house. He not only had his own room, but he was probably given a good deal of responsibility in household affairs. Though he may not fully realize it, he's afraid his father will completely take over his position as the man in the family and treat him just as a little boy. Mm -hmm. That explains Jimmy's belligerent reaction when Mason picked him up. But what about his sister Claire? She seems to have the, to have the opposite attitude toward her father. She idealizes him and thinks of him as a movie hero. Oh, I don't... Uh, don't you think a 14-year-old... Uh, should have be allowed a little romantic feeling. I, guess so. I don't believe one should be too alarmed about her interest in movie heroes either. Most youngsters go through that sort of thing. Actually, these interests or crushes provide one kind of opportunity for building up a youngster's standards of what people should be like. Of course, they're a little unrealistic sometimes, but... Uh, well, from what you say, we shouldn't be too pessimistic about the Mason household. But apparently, it will take some patience to straighten things out. So let's return to Arthur Mason and his family and see what developed. I don't... Uh, don't you think a 14-year-old uh, should have be allowed a little romantic feeling? <laughs> I guess so. I don't believe one should be too alarmed about her interest in movie heroes either. Most youngsters go through that sort of... The meat. Dinner's almost ready. Oh, isn't that like a woman? Get yourself all set to read the paper. Why don't you tell me? Well... I know you're trying to make one up. Now, listen, Jimmy, if you don't stop this in... Father, Father, look. My new party dress. How do I look, huh? Isn't it scrumptious? Oh, uh, there isn't very much of it. Oh, Daddy, that's the way they wear them now, low cut. Oh, the two-headed giant. The two-headed giant. No. Stories. Then why don't you tell me? Well? I know you're trying... Come take off that dress. Gee, the witcher balance tree's on the air. Turn around, Claire, now. Now, now. Well, I don't see anything wrong. You don't see... Good Lord, Jane. You don't mean to say you... That's the thing. It would help bring Arthur and Jane Mason to face the situation and try to solve it together. Yes, that's one way of looking at it. But right now, Arthur wants to put the whole responsibility on his wife. And I can well understand his attitude. After being away for years, he feels something of an outsider even in his own home especially after that reception he got. <laughs> yes. And you know, I don't think his wife should expect him to assume too much responsibility at first. Children aren't used to his authority, and he's not used to the methods his wife has found effective. Yes, and when he did attempt to discipline the children, he used army methods, as Jimmy wisely noticed. And, of course, he only made them resentful and antagonistic. That's true. Well, what do you think should be done about the entire situation, Doctor? The first thing Mason should do is to have a frank talk with his wife about the whole situation. He should try to find out how she handled situations while he was away. 
Then they can work out an approach that would be agreeable to them both. When it's necessary to discipline a child, it's important that both parents use the same methods and then back each other up. I see. Yes, uh, the children might begin to play one parent off against the other if they disagree. That seems to be what was happening with that radio program of Jimmy's. That's right, and this part of our discussion brings out the point that, in general, seems to be a good idea for returning fathers not to try to make too many changes in household customs when they first come home. They ought to feel their way a bit. Good point. And uh, would you say the same thing about Claire's dress? Should her father refrain from objecting to it? Well, I wouldn't want to go too far on that. Uh, after all, he shouldn't be a Casper milk toast. <laughs> he certainly should express his opinion, and uh, he did. But I think that in this case, he uh, shouldn't criticize uh, his daughter until uh, they know each other better. If he would state his objections to his wife in, in private, then if anything needs to be done about it, uh, she can take care of it. Mm-hmm, sounds sensible. And, and one more thing. Don't you think Jimmy has some grounds for complaint about being moved out of his room without any place to put his toys? Yes, I certainly think he does. Well, should he be allowed to keep his tools and airplanes in, in Claire's room? Not necessarily, but he has a, the right, at least, to a corner and a whole room, of course, if it's possible. You saw how happy Claire was about having her own room again. Well, even a boy of nine needs some privacy and a place he can call his own. Good. Well, you've made a number of valuable suggestions about discipline and family customs and the need for privacy. I only wish the Mason family could have heard them. But now I think we should return to them and see whether they work things out for themselves. Darning a few socks. That son of yours goes through them as though they were made of cellophane. Something wrong? Oh, no, no. I... Well, never mind. Jane, I, I want to speak to you. <laughs> <laughs> What's that about two minds with a single thought? Uh, what did you want to say, Art? I'm worried, Jane. Business going badly again, dear. Why don't you... No, no, you... no. It isn't business, Jane. It's about the kids. Oh, well? well, everything's in such a mess. Claire thinks I'm old hat because I criticized her party dress the other night. I think you were right about that, dear. After all, she is only 14. Well, she certainly screamed when you sewed her dress in a little. Jimmy. Will I ever get along with him? How do you ever get that way, Jane? He's become a perfect little tyrant. I don't know, Art. I certainly did the best I could. I know that, Jane. I'm not criticizing you. You did a wonderful job. I suppose it just, well, you had that war job and he was on his own most of the time. He sure does need discipline. He needs understanding, too, dear. What do you mean? Oh, just understanding. Jimmy was four when you left, still learning how to eat. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Remember how I worried then because he was such a sober little guy? Boy, how they changed. <laughs> I wish I could have watched over them more. Oh, I don't know. They're okay. Darn good kids. I'm proud of them, Jane. They are good children. Sure. Wish Jimmy would get a little bit more interested in me, though. Have you tried getting interested in Jimmy? Hmm? 
Hmm. Never thought of that, Jane. You're right, too. Yeah. That's a darn good idea. Win the ball over to my side. Building another plane, son? Uh-uh. Trying to fix up an old one. Yeah. it's gone for keeps, though. Well, why don't you buy another plane, Jimmy? Are you kidding? Where am I going to get the... What's this? Something to help buy your new plane. Help? This will buy two fighters. They're only a quarter. Oh, gee, thanks, Dad. Oh, that's all right, son. Say, uh... What's the matter, son? What's, uh... That's what I'm worried about. Don't you feel good, Dad? Well, I feel fine, wonderful. As a matter of fact, I've been feeling so good, I thought I'd take you to the zoo this afternoon. The zoo? Well, I knew there was a cat somewhere. The zoo. That's kid stuff, Dad. Well, where would you like to go, son? Oh, how about the Museum of Science and Industry? What's this about the Science Museum, Father? Well, Jimmy and I thought we'd go visit down that way. Oh, may I come, too? Yes, I guess so. How about it, son? Oh, yeah, you can come. Oh, but, Father, if you want to see a real exhibit, why don't we go to the planetarium? Yes, dear. They have a wonderful... Uh, who wants to see a lot of stars? Well, I don't want to go to the Science Museum. And I don't want to go to any old planetarium. Mm. Say, who asked you to come anyway? Why don't you be quiet? Now, wait a minute, wait a minute, you two. Now, listen. I'm getting fed up with this bickering back and forth. I suppose you both go into the other room and make up your minds, and then let me know what you decide. Otherwise, we can just forget the whole thing. Well? Okay. All right, Father. We'll be back in a minute. I think you handled that rather well, dear. You're learning, my love. Learning fast. <clears throat> That's keeping those kids. Father. Huh? Well, have you reached the verdict, Your Majesties? Uh-huh. And what's your pleasure? You, you can, can take us to the ice show. The, the what? The ice show. You know, ice skating and trick stuff. And beautiful walkers. Oh, it'll be wonderful fun, Father. Well, I'll be... <laughs> well, I guess there's no sense trying to keep up with you two. All right, then. We'll go to the ice show tomorrow night. Tomorrow night? Yes, you certainly don't expect me to get tickets tonight, do you? There won't be any good seats left. Oh, Father. For Pete's sake. And here I was all set to have a good time. Ah, fruitcake. <laughs> Well, now, that's encouraging. Things are looking up, aren't they, Dr. Osborne? Right. Uh, talking things through frankly is a necessary first step in working out problems like these. And Mrs. Mason has certainly handled the whole thing well. And, uh, Sergeant, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Mason's <laughs> getting off on the right foot at last, apparently. Then you approve of taking them to the ice show? Yes, indeed. Uh, the best way to re reunite the family is for them to have some fun together. Games and walks, tinkering around the house will give them a chance to get used to each other in a pleasant and relaxed sort of way. You know, there were a couple of other things, too, that I liked about Mason's new approach to his children. Well, let's hear about them, Dr. Osborne. Well, uh, you noticed he didn't get angry when Jim uh, ridiculed the idea of going to the zoo. He just let it roll off without making an issue of it. And when the question of other entertainment came up, he let the children argue it out without interfering with them. 
In a word, he's beginning to see them as individuals, as persons with minds of their own. That's a pretty big step forward. One, actually, that a lot of parents never take. <laughs> That's certainly true. Uh, but you seem to imply that Mason has only begun to smooth things out with his children. What else do you think he might do? Well, the next step might be to treat Jimmy and Claire as partners. He started on that, actually, and not treat them merely as children. The more the four members of the family work together in solving their problems and planning things together, the higher will be the morale of each one of them. Moreover, if Jimmy's consulted about some matters, he won't feel as though he's been displaced by his father. And, of course, Claire will be pleased to be treated as a more mature person, a grown-up uh, young woman. Mm -hmm, that's sound advice. But tell me, do you think all returning fathers will run into difficulties as Arthur Mason did? Well, at least any man who's been away for two or three years will find that a good many readjustments are necessary. But most men will have an easier time if their wives pave the way for their return. As I remember, Mason arrived sooner than was expected, and his wife didn't have much of a chance to get things in readiness for him. Well, uh, just what can the mother do to prepare for the father's return? Well, if we go back a little, I'd suggest that the mother do everything possible to keep his memory alive while he's away. She should bring him into the conversations frequently. Each child should have his own personal picture of the father and... All members of the family should share his letters. Mm -hmm. And uh, what should be done just before he arrives? The important thing here is to give the children a real share in preparing for his return. Let them buy small presents for him and help unpack his pipes, his books, and his clothes. And in the course of these preparations, the mother might uh, remind them about the things he used to like and talk about and tell them about the good times they'll all have when he returns. <laughs> Fine. And uh, one last question, Dr. Osborne. Have you any more suggestions to offer about the first few weeks when the father is actually home? Well, here are a few general, but I think important ones. Don't worry if the children don't receive their father in the way you expected. They may be shy or indifferent or even belligerent at first. But this is only due to the strangeness of the situation and the undercurrents of emotion that can't fully be ante anticipated. Try to make them realize that their father won't be exactly as they pictured him and that it will take a little time to get used to his ways. Don't expect Dad, either, to take his full share of authority or leadership in the family the moment he arrives. Give him time to make his own adjustments outside the home as well as in it. And if difficulties do arise, then face them directly and try to solve them by family teamwork. <laughs> Everybody in the living room in five minutes for a family council. Everybody. Hey, uh, Dad. Oh, you're all here already. All here, Father. Waiting for you. Well, how come? I told the children about it this afternoon. You mean Oh, about... no, no, not everything, dear. Oh, fine, fine. Well, family, we've had quite a few complaints lately from uh, certain parties about the living problem. It seems no one has enough room nowadays. That's right. Claire's got the best room in the apartment. Yeah, Claire's room is large, isn't it? Mm. Well... Oh, Father, tell them. Well, I'm just wondering if we really need to go on getting in each other's way. Perhaps if we had a different place. I know, Father. We're going to move into another apartment. No, 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 no. I did think of that, Claire, for a while. But when I looked around, well, you simply can't get a place today. No, we'll have to be satisfied to stay here a good while yet. But I was thinking, 
We might be able to rearrange your room, Claire, so Jimmy could be in with you. My room? Oh, no, Father, no. I wouldn't have any privacy at all. Well, maybe we could put up some screens, Dad. Isn't that what you had in mind, Father? Well, in a way, yes. I thought we'd put a movable partition in Claire's room, and then you could share the space. Mm -hmm. We could pull the partition down at night for privacy, and then move it back again during the day so you'd both have enough space to play or do whatever you like. Who'll make the stuff, Dad? Patty Jenkins, his father says you can't get the materials, and he ought to know he's a carpenter. Well, maybe he can't get them, son, but don't forget, I'm a veteran. Veteran gets first choice on those things, you know. Well, we'll get the materials. Yeah, but who's going to build the stuff we want? We are. We are? You mean you and me? That's right. You want to, don't you? Well, sure, swell. But where, Father? You can't make things up here. I've taken care of that too, Claire. The superintendent says we can use a corner of the basement for a workshop. I'll set up a bench down there, and we'll make everything ourselves. Well, say, this is going to be real fun. Oh, when can we go to work, Dad? Well, maybe Monday. Well, everybody agree to our plan? All in favor? Aye. Good. I guess that just about finishes up our business. Now, suppose we just have a little... Hey, Dad, you want that station? Good evening, children. This is the old witch of Ballantree Hall again. Well, last night, you remember, the two-headed giant had captured Don Steele, the boy detective, and had shut... Hey, what's wrong, son? I thought that was your favorite program. Ah, fool cake. That's kid stuff. Oh, say, Dad, I know what's up, too. Let you and me go down to the basement and see where we're going to build ourselves. Huh, Dad? Sure thing, son. Here, we got a few minutes before dinner. Let's get down now. Well. Don't be long, you two. Dinner's about ready for the table. We won't, Mom. Say, uh, Dad, do you think we... Dad's Home was the story of a returning veteran, Arthur Mason, and was brought to you by This Is The Story. This is the Armed Forces Radio Service.